Uh, hey, dude, I'm gonna die. I'm like not getting healthier while working you, on this Kickstarter. You have like a pneumonia? I don't know. I'm That'd just stuffy. Bad. Just stuffy. Let's talk about video games. Everybody, welcome to the Harmonics Podcast. Joe, did I clip out? Was it good? <laughs> Sounded good, he said. Uh, so we're back, and this is one of the most eventful weeks for Harmonics in a uh, long time yeah, ever. We have a lot going on. Christine said she's watching our Harmonics Twitter feed uh, and our search for Harmonics is just like a constant scroll of people talking about every other yeah. thing we're doing. We're making big, big waves this week. Um, one of those waves. I see what you did over the waves, by the way. Yep. I see. Yep. I get. Mm-hmm. I get the joke mm-hmm. in advance. See. <laughs> finish your thought. One of those waves. Uh, we've launched our very first Kickstarter ever for a remake of our old game Amplitude. And to talk about that, we've got John Drake and Ryan Lesser. Ryan is the the project director, and John is the product manager. And he's also John Drake. He's always on the show. I'm always on the show when I'm here, which is never. Right. I haven't been on the podcast Historically, in Historically, like, always. Not lately. I've been listening to the podcast a lot while driving <laughs> in California, but I have not actually been on the podcast in like two it's months true. because I've been working on our other game, Record we're going to talk, talk about, about later. But like between Amplitude and this, I've been traveling a lot, so I haven't been here to be on the podcast. Yeah. It sucks. I miss the podcast. You guys are great. Well, we've got the ambience settled now. We've got this nice lamp. We're on leather seats. Yeah. Nice microphones, pop yeah, screens. Yeah. Posh the leather. Yeah. Posh cast, am I right? We need a we need a sound a little sound board. You can hear the leather? <laughs> okay, good. Wait. Okay, there you go. Oh yeah. Gross. Good. But yeah, amplitude, man. Amplitude! Great. That's sort of that and frequency were Harmonix's first real game. Probably our most requested yes. make a sequel to after Rock Band 4. Like yeah. we get a lot of make Rock Band 4, but like the actual like core gamers who've been around the longest for ten years have been saying, give yeah. us another frequency, give us another amplitude, we want more of these games. Every game we've announced since I've worked here, yep. there's been some contingent of people on the internet being like, Oh, it's not amplitude. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, now we're making a new amplitude. Yeah, we we you know, having been here for what seems like seventeen billion years, yep. um, <laughs> And having made all of those games, I I am one of those people that really wanted frequency and or amplitude to come back. They're both similar to each other, but you know, unique in their own ways. I think uh, you know, there's a couple things about those old games that people just really miss that some of our other games had elements of, but um, the sort of arcadiness of them and the challenge yeah, of those the games were really a big, unique. A big thing that we talk about a lot where... Like the difficulty, you mean. Yeah, the yeah. difficulty, exactly. Like, the where gaming has gone since Amplitude, and and it, it's been like a curve where games got easier and easier and easier. Like more accessible might be the, the more politically correct way to say it, but like... Yeah. Games were all about accessibility and like fun and... Well, there was not a lot of games in the last few years that are, were notable for their difficulty, besides like Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Right. Meat Boy, like, yeah, yeah Meat Boy, Meat Boy. Exactly. Right. But I mean, people have gravitated; like those gamers have always been there. Well, the crazy thing is, like, okay, I may be completely full of here, but like you can swear on our podcast. But yeah, like, you can. We swear a lot. Isn't, uh, swear. It is, <laughs> in, some so. country, in some country, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I th- I feel like the waves of kind of uh, appetite for challenge and difficulty were moving way slower for a while. Like the arc was a bi- bigger, slower moving arc for a long time, and it make things came and went, but they were they happened over the courses course of years. Whereas I really feel like these days, what is in and out is so fast. It's like on a micro yep. level that like, oh, Flappy Bird's out. Okay, every game is really hard now. Okay, <laughs> and I don't know how long that's going to last, but I bet it's going to – I bet there's going to be some crazy swing and everything's going to be super easy again. You're like, basically saying that like the – like the plank with the with the pivot point in the middle has gotten like shorter and shorter to like everyone rushes to one side of the, of the seesaw and everything tips in that direction really hard. <laughs> yeah, and then they run the other fast. side and tips the other side. Yeah. I mean, the, they, they call this genre of games that we're talking about right now like masochore, right? Like they're like masochistic hardcore games. And I think that like Amplitude is a weird fit in that because it is it both has that sort of masochistic difficulty where it's like impossible on some levels and you really have to like perfect it and practice it. But it does have like easier difficulties where you can like get through a song and just enjoy like the flow and vibe of playing yeah. music, which is really great. I I am this. It really does. Well, obviously, it reminds me of the original Amplitude, but it also what? reminds me. <laughs> surprisingly, it, it reminds me of Guitar Hero. Sure. Um, Guitar Hero. We did an excellent job getting people into that game. We gave them uh, the front end had a, a song that was very simple to play. It was Joan Jet, and then if you played it on easy. It was a total walk in the park, unless you actually knew how to play guitar. And then it actually was strangely really hard because you would ghost play lots of notes yeah. that we weren't actually putting into the game. But that's a different story. <laughs> um, but but Guitar Hero, I think more than Rock Band, although once Rock Band had like 17,000 songs, like you could find whatever you wanted in it. Yeah. Guitar Hero really had a flavor of, hey, let's get together. Let's play this. Let's play this like Megadeth song or whatever. And it's going to be brutally hard. And we're going to spend an hour trying to make our way through it. Like, and that, that's the kind of difficulty that I think we have in amplitude, which is like, it's attainable. Mm-hmm. It's fun to challenge yourself with. It is definitely not easy if you, if you put yourself in that situation. But if you want to coast through it and chill out and just kind of trip out on it, yeah. cause it is a pretty trippy game, like put it on normal and right. that's make a, your way that's the, the game. big thing is like, there are difficulty levels. Like, I've been big into Dark Souls 2 for the last few months yeah. since it came out and uh I, I was never that type of gamer in general like I don't like I don't like getting beaten over the head with like deaths. Uh but that game does not even give you difficulty selection. Right. So like That's just how the game is. Right. So Amplitude does have that difficulty for those players who want it, but also it's not going to destroy you if you play on normal. I, I think that that's the interesting, but bringing up the difference between Guitar Hero and Rock Band a little bit is an interesting way of thinking about it, which is, I mean, just the word hero in that title versus the word Rock Band, right? Like Rock Band's about, we are playing music, we are in a collaborative environment, we are doing this thing that is cool, and Guitar Hero has an element of like, what this one person doing is, in, it, it, what this one person is doing is impressive, or it is somehow like difficult an accomplishment yeah, to, uh, to master, right? And like, that element still exists in rock band. Like, to your point, like, there's a million songs. So there's definitely songs where if you're playing on expert guitar, like you are a beast. Uh, but like, there's something about that first Guitar Hero game that's about like, hey, someone who's nailing this on expert's like, that's an accomplishment. That's why the game's named what it is on some level. Right. And Amplitude has that sort of feeling when you when you finish it on a brutal difficulty that is like, I did this. Like that's awesome. And we, you know, I think our games have swung in and out of that for a while certainly dance central like there are songs if you can get a you know five star five gold stars on expert and some some of the harder songs in dance central like you are a phenomenal dancer but most people approaching that title don't think like oh this is a game about beating me over the head with hard choreography because most people wouldn't try it then it's about like getting in 
getting to feel like you're awesome, even if you don't know if you're awesome yet or not. And Amplitude, like, is about, like, you have to actually be awesome to be awesome at that game, right? It's not yeah. a simulation. Right. And so the thing that I think is even cooler, being like a being like a big board game player, I kind of bring a lot of that stuff into how I play video games. Yeah. And I the thing I like about Amplitude that Guitar Hero and Rock Band don't have is that there's a ta- tactical spatial element to the game that can either make it harder or easier or just more rich than um, the other games are. So, like, if you are having a brutal time playing the the second drum track, for example, like, move off of it. You can move off of it just to make your life easier. You could move off of it tactically because you're, you know you're going to fail it, but the... There's a phrase that you could capture at the same time that actually has an auto catcher on it. You grab the auto, you bail, grab the auto catcher, jump back, and you're you're actually maintaining your streak. Like you can do things on a second level that our other games don't have, and this is something that I don't think people are, are anyone who hasn't played Amplitude. I don't think they're quite getting. You can't get it just from the pictures. Maybe you get it from the videos, but that there's more depth to this game. That's the part that reminds me of board games and, of course, other video games, which is that, like, there's tactical elements that you need to think of in addition to gameplay element A, which is catching gems. So that (laughs) makes me realize we've sort of dived right into this without actually giving a baseline for what Amplitude is for a lot of people who maybe never played it. Do you want to give, like, the the five-minute pitch of what the game is? Yeah, totally. Um, So it's a music game. Yep. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) curtains open it's a music game um and uh what you're presented with when you enter the game is one or two tracks that have three gems on them so uh unlike our other games there's just three notes on it and each each one of those tracks represents a musical instrument so let's say you enter the the level there's a drum line and a bass line you pick the one that you want to start with you start playing it and you see you notice that um there's a phrase that is being highlighted for you. If you miss any one of those notes, this is where kind of the punishment comes from. Mm-hmm. If you miss any one of those notes, the phrase that you need to capture runs away from you and goes forward into the future. Um, to basically telling you, hey, you blew this phrase. You blew your streak if you had one. Go find another complete phrase to solve. And then you go find it. Um, when you capture a complete phrase, which is, let's say, 16 notes in a row in that baseline... It captures the entire track for, I think, eight bars. And now you have not only the track that you were presented with originally, uh, the second track, but you have new tracks being born next to you, the guitar line, let's say. Now you're like, do I go to the other track that was here already or do I go to the guitar? I'll go to the guitar. It's easier or or maybe it's harder and therefore it's worth more points. And you may, you, you traverse this, this um, series of musical tracks uh, over time, capturing as much as you possibly can, trying to get the most amount of points out of the gems, trying to get the most amount of points through streaking, meaning that you never miss a gem and never miss a phrase, and and navigating that space in a way that you're setting yourself up for success. Because, for example, if there's six tracks and you, ca- you capture track two, and then for some reason you go to track four, let's say because it seemed doable, You've now actually made it more difficult for yourself to maintain your streak because you've created gaps in the landscape. And so in order to get over to your next instrument, you have to jump over a gap, which causes milliseconds of delay. And this game is all about milliseconds. 
So, um, and that's like the most exciting thing about it is like every millisecond you are thinking and playing. And so people tend to never blink when they're playing Amplitude, right? So I think that's the core. And that's, that's the thing that, that we talk about a lot here at Harmonics, uh, across all of our projects, sort of, uh, to a different degree, uh, is uh, what you're referring to is like what we call the flow state, right? Yeah. Where you get in such a zone, you don't even realize you're playing the game. Like your hands are just going. Yes. Like you are locked in. There's, I've never experienced anything like it in a video game, period. Um, some of our games have come close to it, as have a, a few other games out in the world. For example, like when there were times where I was playing rock band um, or Guitar Hero on guitar, and I realized I was like looking at the other people in the room, and I was still managing my expert runs. <laughs> like, And the thing that happened that happens when you play real guitar, where you're like, hey, I don't actually have to look at this guitar anymore, you know? Right. And I, you enter a state. And for this game, for Amplitude, the thing that's special is really this like crazy... Um, I, I, I want to use the term meditative, but it's not because you're, to, you're totally stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, you're zoned in. You're not blinking. You're not thinking. Your hands wind up doing things that your brain's not even telling it to do anymore, right? It's like you are you sort of connect with the game in this crazy way that I just have never experienced in any of our other games. Um, and it's really wild. It's really enjoyable. And I'm by far not the only person that's ever said that. We hear right. people talk about that flow state all the time. Um, um, and so uh, clearly that's something we're going to try and go for in this new game as well. Yeah, so the new game uh, we're making for both PS4 and PS3. Correct. People that back it on Kickstarter, the, the code that they get will work on both consoles, either or. Mm -hmm. They don't need to choose a specific one. Um, we've got a ton of tiers on our Kickstarter right now. We're adding even more. Probably by the time this podcast goes live, we've added an, another one or so. Yeah. Um, what, do you guys want to talk about the Kickstarter in general? Like, it's a new thing for harmonics. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing to go ask people for money. I mean, like every every time we go on the road and do a demo or, you know, talk about a game or do a podcast, like we are subversively like asking people to be consumers of our products. And we don't like to think of it that way. We like to think that we're making cool, fun games that people will enjoy. But like yep. we're a business and it's a transaction that happens. So this is a very exposed way of looking at that uh, in Kickstarter. But the long and short of it is that we wanted to make Amplitude for 10 years. We have tried everything in our power to figure out a way to make Amplitude uh, ourselves, fund it ourselves, figure out a third party that could fund it, work with uh, a first party to fund it. Uh, the game is owned in part by Sony, so it has to be only on Sony platforms, which makes it hard to do. And the first game, to you know, Ryan kind of touched on it, but we didn't get into it very much, is like first game was not like the most commercially right. successful thing in the world. People people loved it a lot, but it didn't sell a million copies. And if people saw Alex's PAX East yeah. keynote, he, he sort of showed a, showed a chart of how our games have sold. And that, yeah, if you look at the chart, it wasn't very high. So you know, at the end of the day, we want to make this game. Fans have been asking us to make this game. And our options are go to the fans and ask them to partner with us and make this game together uh, or don't make the game at all. And that's and that's sort of like – I just want to give the context of why we came to Kickstarter in the first place because some people have been asking that question. Uh, but the Kickstarter itself is really pretty awesome. There's some really cool shit you can get in the Kickstarter. So, uh, you know, you can back the game and there's a video up there and you wrote a dumb comedy sketch yep. at the beginning of the, of the video. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, and people should go check out the video. And We've done a live stream now and talked about it a lot. But uh, we're looking to make another Amplitude uh, sort of HD remix, remaster, sequel combo thing. 
uh, sometime early next year in the calendar. And uh, we have a great team of people who worked on the original game. They're ready to do it. And you can get the game. You can get the game early. You can get a poster. You can get a T-shirt. You can get amazing record, vinyl. a really cool vinyl record of all the songs we're going to be creating for this new version of Amplitude. And there's some crazier tiers up top. Like you can go to dinner with our founders. You can take a helicopter <laughs> tour of Boston. Right. I have. I already have heard many people. I'll say two dozen people ask for if they can like buy extras of the record. Yep. Nice. Like they, so that you know they can give them to people or people they know want the record also. So like mm-hmm. I think there's some cool shit up there in addition to the game that you'll get that that for are sure. getting people pretty psyched. So it's our you know it's our our goal up there right now is it's it's high for a Kickstarter I will say. It's it's 775,000. That's the high. So definitely I've definitely seen a bunch a lot higher than that. Which I think is a weird message that seems lost on a lot of people. Yeah. Like this is a crazy expensive Kickstarter. I'm like I have seen Kickstarters for far more than this. Uh yeah. But, you know, that game, that's not the entirety of the game budget. Like, we right. are, you know, we are going to still take some risk at harmonics, but we basically don't have a publishing partner that will make this game with us. So the answer is either we find a partner in the fans to help fund the project and we take the remaining risk on the, on the game, or it's too expensive and we can't make the game. So that's why we're on Kickstarter, and we hope everyone checks it out. And, you know, if, if you want to give us your money and help back this and make this a reality, we'd really appreciate it. And if not, like, thanks for taking your time, which is also valuable, and going to, like, take a look at it we'd appreciate just even that consideration from the work that we've done fans of the original game should be pretty psyched because it's a lot of the same folks that worked on the original but at the same time our studio has had man over 10 years of experience making music games since that which was our second music game right so like we've learned and like really good music yeah exactly (laughs) you may have heard of them rock band and guitar well on some level like when we made amplitude back in the day like you and i didn't work here i mean ryan worked here but like it was a very small company and you guys weren't making games for first of all there's no digital distribution of games you couldn't get a demo you couldn't sell a game over psn yeah uh it was for an audience of question mark right it was like back in the day where it's like hey i don't know sony's gonna fund this and there's a, a lot of ps2s and people love that console but like people didn't know how to market people don't it. know who the hell harmonics <laughs> is people don't know how to market a music game like right. the commercials for frequency on tv were hilariously not like good not at selling the, the game, game at all <laughs> uh and you know we weren't a known quantity and now we're a known quantity but the game itself is still like this cult classic and i think that the hope would be this game really could expose a lot of people to a new way of interacting with music that was so fundamental to what the other games we made uh, were derived from, like you know, Rock Band Blitz, Rock Band itself, Guitar Hero, even uh, even like elements of Dance Central and Chroma, like are all kind of built off this idea that came from Frequency and Amplitude. And uh, the the way the studios now put together the tech that we have is so much stronger than the base you guys were working. You guys were building your engine while you were building the game back yeah. then, right? and also and just the studio knowledge too. Yeah. Like that, just like that's sort of. The, People come to us to like work on projects because they know we have this very specific. We're the Liam Neeson of, of video games. We have this specific set of skills <laughs> yeah, that I we've mean, really accrued over the last ten years. So I'm kind of excited in that respect. Like, if you play the original Amplitude, things like maybe the shell flow not that great. Yeah, you get into like I mean, trying to play multiplayer. You got to go through multiple screens. Like, yeah, we, like let, we should definitely talk about some of the what some of those like lessons yeah. are, just so people get a yeah. a little taste of. Maybe something that they won't read on an article online. Sure. I also want to remind myself and you guys, we should talk about what is going to be cool and special and new about Amplitude and the theming and the sure. style and all that sure. stuff. So let's let, like jump yeah, to that later. Absolutely. But, but like over the past, so I, I worked on Frequency. I worked on Amplitude. I was one of, I was the art director and art lead and I was one of the designers because we kind of all, all were yeah. designers <laughs> at that point. Um, and everything we did was an experiment. There was there were very few music games out there in the world, way fewer in America, things you can get your hands on, right? So 
So it really was the Wild West in a lot of ways. And we had to invent some stuff. And it was, it was very difficult. And we got some things really right. And we got some things almost right. And then we made more games and more games. And by the time we were making Guitar Hero, Rock Band, Beatles, um, and, uh, you know, I'm not bringing in uh, KR or, or Dance Central just because they're not quite, like, note-based in yeah. the same way. But by the time we got to those later games, you you'd be hard pressed to find someone that thinks that rock band or, or uh Beatles rock band isn't like silky smooth in the way it plays. Like if you're playing the guitars or the drum or whatever, the, it is just like, we've tuned that thing. And as you would expect, right? Like by the time we made our way to rock band, we had made many of these types of games already. Right. You don't have to build it from scratch. So you spend the time you would be spending building it, just polishing it, making it better and better. Right. right. So the thing that I'm hoping to do for amplitude is bring all the intensity of the original Amplitude with all of the polish of the later games. When I say polish, I don't mean graphical polish, which of course I want to do that. I mean the millisecond um, choices that we are are making, the things that we're telling the player on a frame-by-frame basis, how many pixels of color change, how bright does a thing turn, all those things are actually really specific in our games and we are really careful about them well and to that point too our bar is 60 frames per second which is tough for for a lot of the games that are out right now and that's not just to brag about frame rate that's because like actually means something in in a lot of games like people want higher frame most pc gamers know this right like higher frame rate means your chance of impacting what's happening on the screen with your controller input is increased because it's refreshing at a higher rate But for our game, it also it's. I mean, as much as it may be useful in a platformer, useful in a shooter, like there's between like one frame and another in a shooter is important. Yeah. But the difference between one frame and another in a music game is like literally the difference between it feeling tight and it not feeling tight. Yep. Right. I mean, and, and with amplitude, where you're also moving laterally across multiple tracks, yep. like you will do some pro moves of like capturing a crazy zipper lane uh, bass track, and it is on the last possible note in that phrase. So you have whatever it is, a fraction of a second to get to the next lane to keep your, uh, to keep your streak going. And you have to capture a note that is now on the first moment of that, of that new phrase. There is space to do it, but it's real yeah, tight. Right? If, yeah. If you're dropping, if you're only working in 30 frames a second or worse, like it, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible. So right. we need 60 up on the, up on the, uh, at least on the track. Um, and in this game, it's probably going to be on, on everything you see. Which is awesome. It's crazy, yeah. Um, cool. So you also said you wanted to, to talk about... Um, oh, yeah. I just thought it would be cool to talk about some things that that we haven't really talked about sure. out there yet. You know, this is all still primordial ooze. You know, um, we're, we're inventing it. Well, a lot, some of it is solid, but we are really being creative still right now, inventing some of this stuff. But... You know, we have a lot of amazing audio uh, talent here. We have great art talent. Um, uh, all the all the coders are have dug in, and what we're what I'm trying to do is get everyone to be working together to create a thematically cohesive arcade music game. And some of the stuff we've been playing with is like, what what are you doing? What is this space? Like the old one, we, it's like kind of naive in a bunch of weird ways, and it was garish in a <laughs> in a total like '90s way. Um, what we're doing, what we're doing on this one is we're saying like, Hey, you're entering this space. This is still a data stream. You're still in, you know, for lack of a better word, you're in cyberspace, right? Uh, just like the first game was, we're not like reinventing the wheel here, but 
But where you are is like, it's silent and it's kind of derelict and it's dark. And you don't, you're there to release all this music again, to bring the life back to this, this datascape. And so we're, um, we're playing around with things like the track, where in the first one, the track was part, it seemed like it was part of the interface, like part of the goodness. Even though the music was being trapped by those little blue capsules and you were releasing them, somehow the track felt like it was supposed to be there. But yet when you caught the gems, it broke away too and and disappeared. So we're, we're kind of flipping that now. The track is going to be part of this sort of like um, silencer. It's this thing that has grown over the music and grown over the flares that are the actual little musical notes and has dampened them and silenced them. So they're not glowing as brightly as they should and they're making no sound. So it's like you're walking through like the derelict spaceship in Alien for the first time, mm-hmm. right? And the minute you use your blaster to blast away the crust like we're currently playing with like sort of quartz crystalline stuff that has has um, grown up and over all the notes. Uh, you blast through that crust and it releases. It has a little explosion, just like in Amplitude, the original. And that part of the the track blows away, and that music sounds, and the light brightens up, and you actually see a little bit more in the world around you. And and remember, you're doing this on the second-by-second second basis. So over the course of three seconds, you've blasted eight notes, ten notes. You get the entire phrase, and it crushes away the entire track in front of you, releasing all the music on that track, brightening up the whole world, bright, uh, bringing up the volume, allowing that instrument to sound. So this sort of like this like science fiction uh, cyber narrative is like we're trying to be a little bit more cohesive about that this time around not that this is like a rich narrative game or anything like that but we want everything to feel nice and tightly knit and carefully crafted when you need to have a central theme that runs through it so that you can say i mean like just as a project lead like this is this is amplitude or this is not amplitude right Right. like having there be a context for the decisions you're making makes it easier for the team to go create what they're creating right like you're not going to create every piece of art in this game whether you, or not you want to uh but you know like it, it'll be easier if the team can say oh well, well I, I had a long conversation about how this should be like a crystalline surface and not a dirt surface because right. we know that that's what we're talking about and that's yeah. awesome and that's bleeding out into the audio too i've you know been having some really great conversations with those guys the music is is the most important thing in this game yeah um you know and as an art director like it's not always easy for me to say that but like Working at harmonics, you get kind of used to it, right? <laughs> um, uh, but I am working with those guys, like Chris and Pete, who we have currently. We're working on, like, what is the sound of Amplitude? Because currently we're planning on making all the music in-house, which some people don't realize that we made a lot of the music of the old game in-house. Kind of hid that fact. Right. We we put – we didn't know how people would respond to that. So we, we had bands that were either made up or were just harmonics bands – um, and we had tracks in there. So it looked like a new new musician made everything in there. That's not necessarily the way it's going to be for this amplitude. And with that capability, I'm hoping to treat this whole game, it relates back to the album, the vinyl that we're making, as if it's like a concept album. I want all the music and all the That's lyrics awesome. and all the tone of all this stuff to match. Not necessarily tell a story front to end the way like a Yes album would maybe, right. <laughs> but like... Sonically. But right, yeah. And like everything, you know, as we bring uh, lyrics in, you know, the lyrics will be related and we'll be talking about this space, you know, about this this sort of science fiction 
narrative that we're setting up for people. How it got to be the way it is, what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't we haven't crafted any of that stuff yet, so I can't even tell you what it will be. But I know that that's my intent. Like that's, we're that's such a much cooler idea than just a mishmash of songs. I can you write a goddamn blog post about this so we can put a backer update that sounds fucking awesome yeah yeah this is the first that, this yeah. you said it to me this morning in the hallway and i was like yeah okay good go write that down in words so i can not, tell everyone about I it i don't write well i, <laughs> well, just I draw write it I'll okay draw a picture. Look, i do the words things so just write all the write all the outline and then i'll fill in the copy and you can say no i didn't mean that i'll be like fine okay i need fine. someone to, yeah we need like dictation we gotta get someone that can type <laughs> yell it yell into like a dragon dictation software and we'll we'll translate into actual coherent english <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I think that's really exciting as like, I'm a huge LP fan. I'm a huge classic rock fan, Mm -hmm. metal fan, like all these things that in the world that do this, I love, and I'm hoping to make this game that kind of does it too, through the music, through the art, through the admittedly thin narrative. Like I want it all to be nice and cohesive, you know? Well, and I think that totally mitigates the thin narrative thing if the, all the songs are contributing to it too you know yeah. that's that's kind of crazy and, and the, but the best part about it being a quote unquote let me keep using air quotes and so no one can see that <laughs> thin uh narrative is like it doesn't have to be thin but also like the nice thing about a game like this is you can just completely ignore yeah. it yeah and play a really cool music game yep or you can get super into it and like like dig into why the words are what they are in these songs and that's that's kind of amazing, and, and it also gives depth to like hardcore fans, and those hardcore fans are who we are expecting to yep. want to come back to Amplitude. So if you love this world of Amplitude and love what we've done in Harmonics, like hopefully this can maybe give you some insight into what this world could be. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, and when I say thin narrative, yeah. like anyone who has played Harmonics games knows that they almost all have thin narratives. Like right. we, we don't say that as a diss here. Yeah. We, we use that as a Not methodology. We make party games for the most yeah. part. We, if we had no narrative, none, no one, sorry, none of the developers would have a uh, a north star right to go towards like this is this allows us to create something that is cohesive and it gives you just a little bit of something as a player like guitar hero had a narrative you're a guitarist and you're trying to become a more famous guitarist and that's really it right like you started in a crappy little club and you made your way up Mm -hmm. to giant arenas and that's what i mean when i say a thin narrative like it's there and it's meaningful it just you know we're not making bioshock so right not yet i don't think <laughs> uh but yeah so anyway the amplitudes i mean i hope that it reads in this conversation how much we're excited about this game and like ryan and i you know we get along just fine but we haven't always been on the same projects and like worked like shoulder by shoulder but like just being kind of partnered with ryan to talk about this game in a couple of different contexts it's like people feeding off of one another and yelling great ideas out about how exciting <laughs> it could be and watching the dev team who aren't fully assigned in the project, but are sort of like this like cobbled together crew of old, you know, uh, people who've worked on the, or sorry, people who worked on the old game. Mm-hmm. Some of them are old. Some people of them are, are old. People who are old. <laughs> uh, but like having them in the room and just I, like kicking around ideas about what it could be, like the passion at harmonics is very real for this. And I, I guess I only bring that back up as we, you know, maybe uh, close out the amplitude chapter of the of the podcast to say like when people people sometimes say that you know you're going to Kickstarter to get money from fans because it's like a it's a market sizing opportunity or it's like a cash grab and it's like man if people could could see like the expression on people's faces here and how much people light up when they talk about making this game again like they'd understand this is when we say passion project it's not like a spin pr term to trick you into giving us twenty dollars like people here are like dying to make this game like we are killing ourselves to do whatever we can to get enough funding that we can make it possible because we think it'll be amazing and Uh, if you know, if you trust the team that made games, games that you love before enough that you listen to our dumb podcast, we yell at each other. Like, 
you know, trust us that we, we say we think it could be amazing. We're not just paying lip service to a concept. We actually believe in the game in yep. a deep way. So, I don't know. Totally. It's good. I think that's a good wrap-up for this part of the segment. But if you want to back us on Kickstarter, yep. what is it? Do we have a you show? You go to harmonicsmusic.com slash Amplitude, and it will redirect you immediately to the Kickstarter page, which is like kickstarter.com slash harmonic slash project slash Amplitude. But, you know, it's a little quicker just to go to our website and uh, type slash Amplitude at the end, and, and Abby set up a redirect with the live That's right. Yeah, I guess I would also add that if you are someone who is psyched about it and does kickstart the project – the next best thing you could possibly do for us is to tell everybody that you know and try and get some of them to do the same. Like yeah. that's totally, I'm a, I, I don't know. I think I'm at like 50 projects that I've backed on Kickstarter and I've launched two of my own. I know for sure that that word of mouth and like uh, your, your, your backers going out there and like help kind of pound in the pavement for you is what Kickstarter is, is all about. It's it's the crowd part of crowdfunding. So I just would ask people to go out and do that, get some people to kind of uh, jump in on it with them and get the game. Totally. Yeah, and we're, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Ryan's backed, like, almost 50. I just I actually just logged into my Kickstarter on my phone to be like, I backed 46 projects on Kickstarter, Jeez. and none of them were because I knew we'd be doing a Kickstarter, and so I want to make sure, like, I had some stuff in my profile, like, whenever, you know, if I, like, made a new message board post and I'm like I've been lurking here for right. years and sometimes you're like I mean I haven't really right. uh, but like in this case like I've been back in Kickstarter projects because I think it's really cool to see creators get to make the thing that they love uh, and and get some reward from it like I don't really back for the rewards usually but like cool I got a double fine adventure t-shirt that's awesome or hey like I'm gonna be a, in a painting in the background of Treachery Beatdown City by a new challenger <laughs> like that's that's fun and like I'm excited about that stuff but in reality it's like I want to give people money because I want to see the cool thing they want to make come to life. And we thought, you know, we're earnest enough and optimistic enough that we think people will do the same for us. And we hope that, that turns out to be true. So if you, you know, if you're a backer and you're going and looking and if you're saying, hey, I want to give to this project, but I'm only going to give $20 because I just care about the game and I don't really care about the poster or the record. No, like every dollar you give above like whatever you're thinking, not to get all NPR pledge drive about it or like or PBS pledge drive, but like every dollar you give goes to development. Like the entire budget from Kickstarter is going to the core development costs of this game, like technology yep. we're building, engine stuff we're building, you know, the lights being on for people who are working on a project day to day. This is not a thing where like we're going to make a profit off of the funding you're giving us. Like we're going to be in the hole when the game is done, but we're also confident we can hit the schedule, confident we can work within the budget and the risk that we have above the about $800,000 we're asking for from backers to still make all the things that we want to make and make a great game. But, uh, you know, we need your support. So not to get all... Uh, handout and desperate at the end here but like if you've backed and you want to up your backer level and give us a little bit more towards this project hopefully we can just get this thing funded and we'll make it a crazy game and you'll yeah. and you'll uh, really like it when it comes out totally so get out there give us your money give us your money <laughs> but in the time we have left another big thing happened I don't know when this podcast is going live you know when this is going is it to, might be the next I don't know it's not tomorrow it's next week I guess. that can't be right so we've also just put out another – we've actually released – this isn't a Kickstarter. We've released a game, a mobile game. Mobile, not MOBA. So. MOBA. <laughs> we're making a mobile MOBA. Um, <laughs> uh, called Record Run, which you Stay are – Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, Pope. <laughs> so that's tell a, us about Record Run. That's a MOBA joke. Uh, 
Is it? Yeah. There are yeah. lanes and MOBAs? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, I there are. I do not ever, play MOBAs. Uh, even, like, have you ever looked at a screenshot of one? It's just like a clump of monsters fighting each other. That's pretty much it. No, there's <laughs> so, there, in a MOBA, like in League of Legends, there's yeah. like three lanes that you go down and then the jungle in between those lanes. And so when oh. if you've been told like you're in the middle, top, or bottom of a game... And you like just start running into other areas. Like people who are more experienced will yell at yeah. quote unquote noobs, like stay in your like lane. Me. Yeah. Like that would be me. That'd anyway, be my experience. The stay in your lane joke was a good joke. And the fact <laughs> you didn't get it means that you're dumb. Not Ryan that the joke it. was bad. I did. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, uh, record, record run. run. Uh, so yeah, record run. Give us your money for our amplitude Kickstarter. <laughs> record run. Totally free. Free game. Um, so record run is a game on iOS right now. And soon it will be coming to Android and Amazon platforms as well. Mm-hmm. For uh, phones and tablets, so I think it's iPhone 4S and above, and iPad 2 and above is our current specifications, and and also the uh, iPod Touch, um, and it involves uh, a world set to your music. So like you have a bunch of music on your device, probably, and if you don't, you can get some on your device very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it plays music. This is what that device was founded to do, and then it became a phone. Uh, and you can uh, we on the fly with some crazy technology created by. Our engineering team and some help from even Joe, who's in this room right now. Hi, Joe. Uh, you can make a <laughs> playable two-lane runner out of that music and uh, take off through a really cool city with a character that's dodging, jumping, ducking, and rolling to the beat. Uh, and it's all set to your music, and you can compete with your friends and send challenges, and it's really rad. And the thin narrative of the game, <laughs> we're talking about thin narratives, uh, is that you're a DJ kid, and you're in a record store, and you're collecting all this stuff because you're on your way to a, a gig... Uh, we're going to play some music, and then as you go outside that store, a truck drives by and knocks all the records out of your hands in the street in front of you, and you have to race through the city to collect these records uh, set, to the, set to your music that the headphones you're listening to uh, to get to the gig. And the better you do, you go in and as either your sort of DJ self or as your kind of crazy persona. So the world actually transforms into what we call groove state, and the world, like Peak State and Dance Central, becomes a crazy hyper-colored universe and you transform from like a punk rocker into a like giant skeleton of a flaming skull head yep. or like which is a little ghost ridery happens uh, and uh <laughs> or like an, an edm girl who transforms into a giant emoticon uh head running on top of like a, a, t- a tuxedo body and the art style is awesome and ryan helped yeah. out with the art style a lot and he worked with uh gg who I'm, I'm sure we'll have on the podcast at some point to talk about the characters but yep. Uh, do you want to talk about like what the art style is in terms of how you define that? It's a it's yeah. a really cool looking game. Yeah, uh, you know, um, we thought that this particular type of game, both in its scale and the device that you would play it on, would really lend itself to something uh, a little over the top and colorful uh, and bright. And so, um, both in the design of things like characters and buildings, and in the actual creation of them, we went just a little kookier you know it's it's a it's it's um very like fun and lively you know the you will find nothing dark and serious in this game um the after you know what is it 15 years of making games about you're a you're a musician (laughs) let's put a musician on the Uh screen you know you really have to try hard to make something cool and new and i think that we we did that so um, one really fun thing is that you're set, you know, you're running through the streets of this city and, um, Annie did an incredible job, like inventing funny weirdo kind of storefronts that are all like, everything's handwritten and hand painted. All the textures and all the buildings are hand painted. The characters are modeled in a way that definitely looks like they've been touched by an artist. This is not, um, this does not look at all like a photograph or a or a film, right? This is 
very much a cart like a 3D cartoon. It's stylized, and I mean, in the way that I think that you could make reference to, and Gigi's career easily makes reference to, like you know, a DreamWorks or a Pixar kind of movie, where it's like they don't not look like people. It doesn't not look like a city, but it looks like a very stylized city that an artist really crafted uh, with intentionality, and that, and that's you know, it's not like we just made. 800 buildings and all the buildings are like just this is a blue sign this is a red sign it's like no there's really like some care given to what is in the world and it feels it feels kind of premium in that way even though it's a free-to-play game yeah it's good we knew you know we knew for a mobile game you're not going to have a lot of like tons and tons of mocap or anything like that you're going to have um an animator animating a a run cycle right and a couple jump cycles it's going to be somewhat on the simple side right just because that's how that's what these that's what the mobile games are all about um the so this was cool because it allowed us to make worlds and characters that were very like fun and lovable and then the animators were allowed to go in and hand animate with a lot of charisma um uh, avi the animator on it just did an incredible job like all the characters have a lot of personality and what little you can you know totally. what little they can do they actually are like overflowing with the world is charisma. full of all these characters that you have to like avoid while you're running after your records. That too, like, yeah. yeah. There's like there's a lot of really fun obstacles in the game. So you know yeah. if you if you play games like Temple Run or Subway Surfers or I mean either, uh, you know Minion Dash, the sort of Despicable Me uh, runner. Like I <clears throat> we played a lot of them in looking at sort of how runners are best made, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them we felt like have really good gameplay. They feel really tight. They're really fun to play. The art's not always that great. Uh, or that compelling, and more importantly, a lot of the obstacles are sort of like repetitive and boring. Like it's like, oh, there's a train car, there's a caution sign, here's another caution sign. Here's right. another. It's like, and so start, and even the ones that have become very successful, where they've been able to go back in and make more stuff, it doesn't feel like a rich living city. It feels sort of like this is a course that you're running, and that's totally fine. I'm not trying to talk smack about those games. Like that, it makes for fun gameplay, and they've done a very good job tuning it. But with like the style and life we like to bring into a game in Harmonix, we want to make sure we had a variety of obstacles. So we have your normal city obstacles, there's some wet cement, we have a stop sign, we have a light post, we have a trash can. Yep. Uh, but we also have, you know, businessmen reading a newspaper that become break dancers and like an ice cream cart and, you know, a dog that's sleeping on the ground that may or may not be related to one of our artists' dogs. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a safe being a safe that's being hoisted into a r- apartment building by a rope. A piano that's being hoisted into an apartment building by a rope. A net. We have a lot of ropes. A net basically is in the game in a weird way. Like, <laughs> so right. we like we didn't not a net. No, a, no, no, a net. Our coworker, a net. Who like we didn't put in the game as much as like a concept was drawn that just looks exactly <laughs> like a net's new haircut. And then the dance that she does is exactly like Annette's dance. So, like, it's weirdly like, <laughs> I didn't give him any notes to change it because it's like, hey, Annette, you're in the game. She's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's actually, I think, the most fun part about all those obstacles is that because we have this ramp, like, as you're playing uh, Record Run, the better you do, the more the world transforms. And, we, and so while eventually you go into the groove uh, state where everything's super trippy and psychedelic – on your way up there, all the obstacles start coming to life. Um, so all the people that were super boring and, and dull and like looking at their i their iPhones and like uh, you know working on a, a bit of construction, they start dancing and all of, they all have their own unique dance and they all start grooving and they get bigger and bigger and more and more bold and it's really fun to see. It's kind of like a old school like I don't know like Michael Jackson video or yep. something where mm-hmm. as you're playing through your your favorite song. 
everything is coming to life and it feels like a music video because everyone around you is doing a little like ZZ top double take at you and starts <laughs> dancing and it's really fun. Like, and, and like big props to, I mean, like we, so we had a team here working on it and we worked with a team out in California uh, called Supervillain or, uh, and they make, I almost said super giant because I'm still thinking about Transistor, <laughs> which is coming soon, but the uh, Supervillain who are down in Irvine, California, and they've made a lot of really cool games in the past that we liked and they have uh, an engine that does this sort of stuff. So we partnered with them to make a music game. Uh, but on their side, in addition to the, some of the design and engineering resources, uh, they did a really great job with a lot of the animations and actually like over delivered and making those feel musical and cool and and fun. So we set sort of the style and the tone here, and then they executed that. And like, you know, it's always hard to work with people who aren't in the same office as you, which is like a difficult thing to do when you're making collaborative creative projects. Yep. But uh, some of the stuff they've done has been really killer. So big shout out to those guys for making a cool game with us. And it's it's free to play, man. You can pick it up and put your own music in the game and. It you know so it has a dual currency system. If you're used to free to play games, like you kind of can get records as you run, you kind of collect those record run, hence the title. Uh, and you can spend those on upgrades, and you can spend them on skipping. Right, so you can like unlock other characters. Yeah, there's, so there's characters unlocked. There's outfits for those characters, and the other thing is song slots. So you start the game, you'll get uh, a couple harmonics tracks we put in the in the actual package you'll download, uh, and so you can check it out if you don't have any songs on your device. And then you'll get some song slots, and you can basically add songs from your library into the game. And once you finish playing them and post the score, those songs are baked into your track list, just like DLC and Rock Band or Dance Central. Right. Um, and as you continue to play, like the you know, you unlock more and more song slots. You'll be able to add more music to the game. You can unlock song slots by getting backstage passes, which is what you get rewarded for for getting four or five stars in a song. It's got a five star score system, just like Rock Band and Dance Central. We're a little one trick pony in some of these ways. <laughs> uh, and the and you can get them. You can get backstage passes by finishing missions in the game, which is sort of a progression based mechanic to have you uh, level your character up and try new ways of playing. Uh, and, you know, at some point, you may get to a point where you don't have enough backstage passes to buy more song slots, which doesn't... We don't take away your songs. We don't We don't have an energy mechanic where we don't let you play the game. You'll still have... I, I played the build a couple dozen times now from start, like from playing the tutorial all the way through when I would have to monetize because for a while we couldn't actually purchase things in the game because right. it was broken. Uh, and you can... If you're good at the game and you get better at it and get five stars on stuff, like, you can play... 15, you know, 16 songs without having to purchase more song slots. And then you can go back and grind and still unlock more song slots without paying. We don't force you to pay. It's definitely like pay if you want, not pay because you need to. Yep. Uh, but if you want to have the variety of playing a rock band where you, you know, buy more DLC, it's like you can spend a couple dollars and get, you know, a couple song slots unlocked and keep playing more new music. And that's always right. the thing I find most fun about the game is like the challenge of seeing what happens when you play a dance track versus an ACDC song versus, you know, Beyonce. Like, what does that feel like? Is that cool? Is that funny to watch a punk rocker run to, uh, you know, it's not funny to watch a punk rocker run to metal, but it might be funny to watch them run to like all the single ladies and like do their sort of like, you know, jaunty punk rock run. Uh, so it's a lot of cool stuff in the game. You can challenge your friends and get in there and check that out different too. Different so. power-ups too, right? Yeah. And, oh, there's different power-ups in the game. So yeah, we have a magnet power-up that attracts records to you because our magnets are made of metal, I guess. Ferris metal. I don't know. We, don't don't worry about it. It's a free play game. Uh, and then we have a Our silver records. A, no, they're platinum records. Platinum, that, gold is and platinum. That metallic. I mean, is that uh, magnetic? I don't think it's ferrous. Magnetic, yeah. That's uh, which let's is pretend it is. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, magnets. They're magic. <laughs> uh, but so we have a magnet in the game. We have a uh, we call the sprint solo, which gives you bonus points for doing exactly the cues. There's a lot of obstacles in the game. You can run. You can either dodge them uh, by switching lanes or duck or jump them. Right. And this one gives you a specific, like, four cues in a row or eight cues in a row. You have to do exactly the way it's prescribed, and then you get a huge bonus. We have uh, heart, hearts in the game, like life that you can upgrade. So if you crash, you can crash twice per game and sort of refill your 
uh, hearts at like you know almost Zelda style, and you can upgrade that to be three or four or five hearts. And then we have uh, the actual groove mechanic itself in the game, where we go in this sort of power up world where everything's worth twice as much, and everything is. So you get twice as much uh, vinyl when you're running through there, and twice so twice as many records, and twice as many points. You can upgrade that to last longer, so your scores will be higher and higher. And again, you can upgrade all that stuff with currency in the game. You don't need to spend money. You can grind and get currency, and then pay off that currency into these buckets. But if you want to, you know, get a boost ahead of your friends, like you can also buy an accelerant for the currency, buy a record doubler, or buy a pack of money, basically, and then spend it in the game on things you want, whether it's cool new characters or other ways to play. Now, did you mention, is it iOS exclusive? It is not iOS exclusive. Of course not. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, we are launching on iOS, and they, and Apple's been really awesome to develop with and for, but we are uh, we're coming to Android. We're working on our Android build right now, and so we'll be on Android devices in the Google Store, and we'll be on, uh, hopefully, maybe, Amazon devices as well. Maybe by the time this podcast maybe comes out? Maybe by the time the podcast comes up, but maybe yeah, check not. Check it out. What's up? Did you just buy the game on your phone? He's on an Android phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joe's holding up his Android phone because he has a build. That's, people can't get that, Joe. That's <laughs> Teased. You're being a tease. So, yeah, we're definitely coming to Android. So, but, we're out uh, now I don't know on what iOS. The date is. Oh, and, of course, like we submit the build and then hopefully yeah, we, exactly. get, we get passed the certification. So, it's like, I don't have a date for you right. for Android, but we'll talk about that when it comes up. Yep. And uh, hey, did I want everyone to play it. Did I snooze through this or did we not even mention that the entire world is generated to and based on your the music that you put in. We mentioned it, but Were we, we can talk more about, about it. it. Yeah, it's one of the first it. things I said, but it's fine. You okay. just tuned out Maybe a little bit. I was sleeping. I what wanted to get a drink I was while you were the, talking. I was so like, fine. just, you know, blissed out about talking about it. Well, I definitely said you can play to your own music. I, just, I mean, We didn't like, get why? specific about how it, what's generated. Yeah, like everything in, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely worth talking about. Yeah, for sure. The entire level that you play, unlike, un, it's not randomly seeded. It's not just generated when you open it up um, right. based on nothing. It's, if you put in a four on the floor, like ACDC track, all the obstacles uh, are placed on the beats of the music. So, and and then therefore, so are all the other things like the records. So as you're playing, you really feel connected to the music, you know? And so if you're playing well, especially, um, everything looks like a little music video almost. Yeah. And in order to play well, you ac- you actually have to listen to your music. You have to... Be playing this game to the music. Yeah, and you could you could play it with the sound off and still have fun playing it. But unlike a lot of runners, which are really survival based, where it's like, hey, you see an obstacle, get out of that lane as soon as possible. In this game, there's a little bit of a kamikaze element to it, where we actually have a little target area, and the closer to the beat you swipe, the more points you get. So it's like, hey, there's a little flashing green square, and if you swipe on that square, you get a perfect, and if you don't, you get a good or a great or whatever. So. You actually you could play the game without playing musically at all and survive the run and get like right. two or three stars. You just won't but, get the five stars. Right. You won't get the rewards. It'll be harder to get points. It'll be harder to unlock things. So it's like the cool thing is actually when you put headphones on and get into the song that everything we've built in the world, the animations, the runner, the uh, obstacles themselves, the power-ups, the records, they're all placed on the, you know, basically the grid that we generate of the music, which other games have done and done pretty well, uh, like Audio Surface and on PC. There's a game called Melody's Escape on PC that does mm-hmm. it. Uh but having it on the device you're playing on and picking songs from your library on that device uh, is pretty magical feeling to hit a button on any song in your library and have it suddenly turn into gameplay. It's pretty cool. That's, and that's the thing that sort of inspires us when we started making the game. Like, that does sound awesome. We should definitely do that. Like, when I'm on the train in the morning, I want to, like, click a song I bought this morning off of iTunes or got for free uh, for the free download of the week and, like, see what that feels like in a runner and kind of play to my library. So uh, there are a couple uh, – just, just to throw out there, there's a couple things that don't work perfectly like that, like – some of the older protected formats in iOS, like we can't, we can't convert those. So M4Ps, they're called. 
So, uh, but any you know general MP3 or wave you have in your library, you've sunk to your phone. Most of the songs uh, that you can buy now, they change their protection formats. We can do all those. Yeah, but and iTunes actually gives you an option if you still have those old formats to uh, use to iTunes Batch. Re- refor- exactly. Yeah. Reformat them for the newer version. That's right. not. Protected. If you can convert them to MP3, we can convert them in the game. Yep. There's just a couple old formats of Apple songs that, like, if you click, if you right click and say convert to formats, it's like this is protected, and you have to like. Literally burn it to a CD and then re-import it to your computer. <laughs> and at that point, we're like, well, I don't know. We can't do anything about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but the game in general, it's like it's whimsical. It's fun. I'm super nervous about it. It's the first time we've done a free-to-play game. Yeah. It's the first time I've led a game. Uh, it's a small team. We work with an outsource studio who helped us out with it and some other great artists who helped us out with it too. Uh, it's our first real mobile game. Like VidRhythm, which you and I both worked mm-hmm. on, like was a mobile app Toy, and it was fun, yeah. but it was not a game, right? It was right. kind of like a funny thing you could do. Yep. Uh, so it's a lot of things that are crazy all at once. And we're launching it during our Kickstarter for Amplitude. And we're I'm going to die. We're going <laughs> to literally die. Right. But go check it out. It's free. Put it on your iPad, on your iPhone. Tell By your friends about it. By the time this podcast goes out, Drake may already be dead. I may already be, I may already be dead now. How do you, you know should, I'm not a ghost? He could be a ghost. You should get the game in honor of Drake's memory. Yeah, the John Drake <laughs> Memorial Record Run. Buy a vinyl pack today. The third bundle, the $50 bundle, man. It's a great value. I'm just saying. Uh, so also just to wrap up, since we're out of time, yeah. uh, just a reminder, uh, Amplitude on Kickstarter is on there now. We need your money. That's uh, harmonicsmusic.com slash Amplitude. We need your money and, and your support. you right to our Kickstarter page. Tell your friends. Yes, please. Uh, so Ryan, John, thank you very much Thanks for your for time. Us, Thanks, and Joe. we'll be back next time. Woo! Sweet. Bye. Thank you.